0: Our family didn't have family vacations. We didn't go to the beach in the summertime. You know, we, we we wrestle.
1: You know, I don't think I did anything that no one can do, or else I wouldn't have done it. It's almost like I was more excited for him to win than
0: than than I than I cared about me winning.
1: You know, that
0: was run- when I really
2: truly understood that you can't get on that podium without being a well-rounded wrestler.
0: There's no reason to sleep in. You know,
2: I I don't, uh, you know, I think sleeping in is just a little bit of being
1: lazy. Wrestling's just like one big puzzle. There's like a counterattack to every attack that the opponent has, and it's just fun trying to like figure everything out.
0: No, I think you had some uh, pretty good questions, pretty in depth. Only fault was that I thought I could pin everybody, you know, so going into the semifinals, I didn't really have a game plan.
1: I was, like, super, super, super intense. All I cared about was wrestling. You know, that's what I love to
2: do. I want to stand out. I want to get in your face. I want to beat you up. For 17 years, it was, like, this is what I was training for, you know? And this is potentially my last tournament. It's like, this is it. It's, like, eight mile. Like, you only get one shot. I felt like he took what was mine, you know? And um, I was trying to take what was his. So, just kind of how things go.
3: Welcome to the D1CW Sudden History Pac-12 Preview Podcast, Episode 30 of the Sudden History Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Earl Smith. Thanks again for tuning in to these conference preview podcasts. Again, I'm getting a lot of positive reaction from them. Lots of alumni and fans are enjoying hearing about their teams, especially some of these teams that typically do not get a lot of publicity. I like that they enjoy it, and that was partially a motive of mine when deciding to start these this week's show. As you may have guessed from the intro, it's the Pac-12. We desperately need to include our brothers and sisters from the left coast on the action. So here is the lineup of guests today. In order, we have five of the six teams represented, starting with Cal Poly head coach John Saritas, Cal State Bakersfield associate head coach Jeff Silvera, Oregon State associate head coach Kevin Roberts, Boise State head coach Mike Mendoza, and last but not least, Stanford head coach Jason Borelli. Our first guest on the Sudden History Pac-12 preview podcast is the first-year head coach for Cal Poly. Let's welcome John Saritas. How you doing? Great, great. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Coach, if you could start off with a weight-by-weight breakdown of who will be competing for spots in the Mustang lineup for 2016-17. You don't need to get into specifics of who's beating who if you don't want, but just a general idea of who will be competing for each weight.
2: Absolutely. And we, we still have our, uh, our inner squad coming up this uh, this Friday here in a couple of days. So a couple of these will probably change. But I just got one guy for weight that's, um, you know, that, that stood out the most since we've been here. You know, obviously we just took over, so we're still in the honeymoon phase and, and getting to learn these guys and their backgrounds. Um we haven't had the opportunity to to see any of them compete under the lights yet. So um so the guys I, I mentioned um I guess you know technically would be the front runners but um there there's still a couple weight classes that need to shake out. Okay. So uh one twenty five, David Gonzalez, uh one thirty three, Yoshido Funkakoshi, one forty one Colt Schilling, 149, Josh Cortez, 157, Colt Shorts, 165, Blake Castle, 174, Matt Wilhelm, 184, Tom Lane, 197, JT Goodwin, 285, Spencer Empey.
3: Okay, so before we get back to the team, uh, a little bit about yourself and the position you were at Grand Canyon and appeared to have a good thing going when they discontinued the program right around the same time. Coach Brendan Buckley steps down at Cal Poly and you're hired. Just talk about those turn of events happening and then what drew your interest to Cal Poly.
2: Oh, for sure. Well, well, first off, um, you know Cal Poly's uh, was always in the back of my mind. Uh, beautiful area. Great school, a ton of wrestling tradition. Um, so, yeah, when, when that door closed at Grand Canyon, which was very unfortunate, um, you know, this door opened, and, and we went after it with everything we had. Um, it's funny how, how in life, you know, you, you get opportunities. So uh, we're excited to be here, man. Um, it's a great place. It's a great opportunity. Um, the situation is even better than, than I thought when I first got here, and I was pretty optimistic. So uh, it, it's going to be a good little run here. We're, we're more than excited to be here.
3: One question I always ask new coaches is, you know, once you take over here at Cal Poly, what was the first thing or one of the first things that you wanted to address, improve, eliminate, just something that you thought would be crucial to having the type of success that you envision?
2: Yeah, so we we just wanted to come in with open arms, um, you know, and and let the guys know that we do care about them. Um, We spend a tremendous amount of time getting to know them, just sitting down with with each guy and, and spending some time with them. Um, And other than that, just get to work, Um, you know, just getting to work. Um, I think the best way to, you know, show you love someone is spend time with them. And we spend a tremendous amount of time with our guys, whether it's uh, individual drills or meetings or or after practice. Um, So I think they know that we care and we do care about them quite a bit. Um, and because of that, you know, we're both willing to to work a little extra for each other. So the relationships by far was the single most important thing, and and I feel like we've we've done a great job coming in, but the guys have done an even better job. I mean, there was no questions asked. They accepted us, and um, just what a great crew, and they just wanted to get to work. So it it was a a very clean, very quick transition.
3: So you've taken over a team that is – not returning any past NCA qualifiers on the entire roster. You know, what are some of your expectations for the uh, team overall this season?
2: So we, we're, we just got to get better at wrestling. That's the bottom line. Um, you know, we, we've been training good. Uh, we, we trained in the spring. When I got here in, uh, in April, uh, we had a great summer. Um, nearly everyone was in camp on campus all summer training and then this fall. So, so I definitely think we're making gains. I, I do think we got plenty of guys that are confident in wrestling. Um, you know, so that the biggest thing is just getting better every day, just putting in a good week of training on top of another good week, um, you know, and just getting these guys to believe. You know that's the, the biggest obstacle I think with any program, and um, you know moving forward. I mean we're excited from you know to where we're at right now compared to where we were in, in April to to now. I'm very very pleased with our training and very pleased with where we're at. However, we still got a lot of room to grow. Uh, we still got to take a couple more steps um, in the right direction um, to to give ourselves a, a good chance of accomplishing our goals. But I, I think we're I think we're doing pretty good right now.
3: Uh, one guy I think can have a big year is your one ninety seven pounder j t goodwin. He's a pinner. He started last season on a hot streak before finishing fourth in the conference. What can we expect from him this coming season
2: yeah j t works hard he's he's a good wrestler. I mean he was you know probably uh, recruited at a high school california state champ, and it's just you know he wrestles hard. He wrestles very hard um you know especially at that weight so we're we're excited to to see what he can do. Um, you know, and he's not the only one. I mean, we got a couple other guys too. That a couple other seniors that you know that I, I think are, are training well right now, and you know their their mindset is clear and focused on where they want to go. Um, so we're we're excited. Colt Schwartz is another one, 157 Pennsylvania kid. Had you know last year, you know had some some real good quality wins, and he has been in the mix. Um, he's been he's been focused um, and, and training at a very high level. Um, Blake Castle is another senior, uh, 165. Um, you know, I think something happens your last year when you know it's this is your last chance. I think you, you kind of tighten up just a little bit more than than you normally would. So um, yeah, we're expecting a lot out of these seniors. I mean, they got to be leaders on and off the mat, um, and they have since we've been here. Um, so we're you know, like I said, we're we're really excited to get this thing going, and we got a good test coming up quick. I mean, we wrestle you know uh, a pretty tough schedule here in November. We got quite a few matches um, right off the cuff, so we'll know where we're at pretty quick
3: that's exactly where i was going to go next um in addition to the three big 10 teams in the first month you also have a couple of great promotional events uh wrestling outside against San Francisco State on the 3rd of November then Army West Point on the 18th you know these should be fun events also good to spread the word on uh campus and among the community as well
2: oh yeah absolutely uh, we're very fortunate to to have some pretty good weather out here on the central coast so um, yeah, those events are great. We do catch a lot of foot traffic with the student body um, and, and the professors coming through. So um, it's exciting. You know, we, we got three of them planned this year. Um, we're actually a fourth one is in, in a way event at Stanford. Um, and we'll probably look into to doing even more um, moving forward. I just think it's it's very unique here because, you know, there's a pretty good possibility the weather is going to be in the 70s and doesn't rain much out here. I think it's rained one time since I've been here in six months. So um, So those opportunities are great. Absolutely.
3: And talk about the coaching staff you've assembled. You have Todd Chavrin as the top assistant and Mike Hatcher. What do these two bring to Cal Poly Wrestling?
2: So I have my mind set on, on who I wanted to, to hire. Um, our administration jumped on board and, and really gave us the resources to make that happen. Um, so very appreciative. Um, you know, I think we got two of the best, you know. Um, you know Todd's uh, you know a great coach with a great background um, you know All-American at Missouri he spent most of his coaching career at Missouri also coached at some mid-majors so he understands the, the challenges that we face and then you know uh, Hatchers Hatchers has been around you know he's trained everyone from youth and middle school he was a high school coach for a number of years he coached with me at um, UTC as well as GCU um, and, he, and he also you know he's coached some, uh, some senior level guys as well in the mix. so he, he's got a wide range and His primary focus is preparation so he's he's in the room every single day um that's his main focus and then you know todd todd's taking the the lead on the recruiting um on operations so just a, a great mix of guys two great guys two of my best friends um so it works out pretty
3: well okay coach that's all i have for you is there anything else that you would like for people to know about wrestling at cal poly in 2016 2017 no,
2: we're we're excited. You know, I think um you know, I think we're we're setting the bar pretty high. You know, we got some, some lofty goals and you know, we also got a lot of work to do. So, um, you know, awesome staff, awesome team, awesome administration. So I, I couldn't be more happy um, you know, to be anywhere else but here. So we're we're just excited to get going and see where we're at.
3: All right, a big thank you to John Saritas for joining us on the Sudden History Pac twelve preview podcast.
2: Appreciate you having me.
3: Our next guest on the Sudden History Pac-12 Preview Podcast is the Associate Head Coach for Cal State University Bakersfield. Let's welcome Jeff Severa. Welcome, Coach.
4: Hey, Earl. How are you doing? Good to hear from you.
3: Good, good. If you could, could you start off with a weight-by-weight breakdown of who could be competing for spots in the Roadrunner lineup for 2016-17? You don't need to get into specifics of who's beating who if Um, you don't want to.
4: Okay. Uh, at 125, we're pretty settled with uh, Sean Nickel, who uh, redshirted uh, uh, last year. He wrestled as a true freshman year in redshirt last year, and he will be our starter this year with um, three-year starter Sergio Mendez, the redshirt this year, finally. Um, at 133, it looks as uh, if Carlos Herrera, who was a starter as a true freshman, will start again this year. He's the, the favorite to start at the weight class at uh, one forty ones, um uh, Russell Roafling, who was a redshirt last year, had a real good impressive red shirt year, um, looks to be the favorite to start uh there. He was a two time state placer uh in California. At 149s is our lone um N C A returning qualifier Coleman Hammond, who was uh two and two at the NCAA championships last year at a really really solid uh uh, NCAA meet for um, getting a wild card, and um, we're expecting him to be uh, to be our main plug um, for the team. A lot of experience there. In uh, 157s, we have... It's going to be a battle between um, redshirt freshman Jacob Thalen, who had a pretty impressive redshirt uh, season last year, placed at five open tournaments, and then redshirt sophomore Sean O'Rourke. Um, those two will be battling it out. It's pretty close to call right now. They'll be... Um, battling it out for uh, our blue and gold uh next week and on the t- October twenty second. So that will, will be uh that'll be a good battle there pushing each other. At one sixty fives, uh likely starters Lorenzo Del Riva, who was uh twenty five and five I believe, uh in his redshirt uh season last year. He placed at took third at the Reno T O C won our Roadrunner Open, beat um a few D one starters and placed at three of the tournament so he's really we're really excited about him he's um working hard he has his weight down and should be ready to go at 174s we have uh, a redshirt freshman also uh, matt penachek who also had a um, really good solid open season last year during his redshirt year placing three or four tournaments i believe he was also a two-time state placer um, out of gilroy high school who's a normally a top 10 team in the state every year excited about him At 184s, uh, will be Dylan Bollinger. He was a spot starter last year, splitting time with one of our seniors who graduated, Jesus Embry. So Dylan looks to be the favorite to take uh, to be the starter this year. At 197s, we'll have uh, Matt Williams, who was our heavyweight last year. Um, uh, He was right outside of qualifying a spot at the NCAAs at uh, at heavyweights and. Two years ago at 197, he was a Pac-12 runner-up, um, losing to Cody Crawford of Oregon State in the finals. He'll be back down at 197, and we are expecting a really solid year from Matt this year. And at 285s, um, heavyweight will be Alex and Strand, who was the starter two years ago at heavyweight, um, before a uh, injury ended his year. But uh, he's a Richard senior, so it's his last year. He has a lot of experience, and uh looking for big things from Alex this year.
3: Okay, so the Roadrunners will have a new look this season under first-year head coach Manny Rivera. You spent the previous two seasons on the staff. How was the transition for you with a new head coach and then your expanded role of associate head coach?
4: Transition has been really, really smooth. Um, couldn't ask for um, a smoother transition, really. It's um, you know, when Mike decided to leave and took Riley uh, Roscoe with him to Boise, you know, things were a little turmoil, you know, a little, little unrest. I mean, you know, no one was really sure, you know, who was going to get hired. We had heard names or candidates. I was named the interim head coach for the summer. So I was just trying to make sure, you know, the team was taken care of during our summer workouts that, you know, they were getting the same attention and just working to get better and let the other stuff take care of itself and it did uh, Manny is great he um, he was ready to be a head coach he uh, five years at North Dakota State uh, a year at Virginia and I believe he was a grad assistant at Minnesota for a year so he has a ton of experience you know being on a national championship team when he competed an All-American himself um, you know things have worked out well and as far as my expanded role it's it's great. I mean, you know, Manny's real real gracious to allow me to step into that role. It was something we had talked about when um after he was hired. Um you know, some young coaches might feel threatened with uh, something like that, but Manny um is different and you know, he knows we're all pulling the same way. There's no egos here. Um we also just hired uh Sean Boyle who was um wrestled at University of Michigan and at Tennessee Chattanooga his grad year and he's been a great addition to the staff. It's, um, you know, it's a different look staff, but it's all, we're all cohesive and we're all excited about, you know, our young group of wrestlers. It's been, um, transition's been great.
3: Um, Over the years, it's been reported that former coach Mike Mendoza and staff had to be very creative when raising funds to help sustain and grow the program. You know, what have you learned about that area from running a program from him and, you know, how do you plan on maybe even improving it?
4: Yeah, the the program,
3: you know, it, it is self-funded
4: by the community, but at the same time the university is starting to step up and um, help us out where they can, and we're hoping that the university expands that role greater in the, in, in the coming years. Um, you know, well, my last job at San Francisco State, we had to fundraise, not at that level, but we, you know, you know, fundraising's taking place at every wrestling team, no matter what level it is. It's 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 a part of the job as a as an Olympic sport, as a as a so-called non-revenue sport. You know, you're fundraising at some level. It depends how great the level is. Here, the level's greater because we're fundraising our whole budget, which is um, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So we have great support from the community. We uh, 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 Vernon and Janice Varner are great helps. Uh, you know, they, they drive a lot of it along with um, former alum Craig Tobin. Uh, they, they're great at getting the community out, letting people know what their situation is. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, the school is starting to take a part of that as well. And it's um, things are really moving in the right direction.
3: Um, looking at last year, your team qualified five wrestlers for nationals. Four of them were local guys from Bakersfield. How important is it for you as a coach and recruiter trying to keep these local talented guys at home?
4: It's important. You know, Bakersfield High is a perennial top five team in the state, so there's great talent right there. Um, Another local high school, Frontier High School, has been stepping up. Um, You know, they finished, I think, top 15 um, in the state last year, had two state placers, and we actually have a uh, freshman heavyweight, Jared Snyder, who, is on the team now who was there. He was a two-time state placer. Um, So keeping that local talent is important, but at the same time, expanding um, outside of the area uh, was important when I was hired two years ago. I wanted to make sure that we were going up north towards the Sacramento, uh, Sac Joaquin section area. I wanted to make sure we were grabbing the better wrestlers from the southern section um, as well down, uh, down there. So, you know, we want to keep the best kids from Bakersfield here, but we also want to get the best kids from the state. The state's so deep, loaded, and talented that uh, you know we we can go anywhere and get really great wrestlers in the state. But keeping those Bakersfield kids at home is definitely a priority.
3: You mentioned your lone returning NCA qualifiers, 149-pounder Coleman Hammond. He won a pair of matches in his NCAA championship debut. You know, how did that first taste of the national tournament benefit him and prepare him for his 2016-17 season?
4: I think Coleman, um, you know, after, you know, it we, we was a little unsure if he was going to qualify after the Pac-12 meet because he didn't hold a spot, unfortunately, um, finishing fourth. And only the top three. He had qualified a spot but didn't, wasn't able to keep it. Um, so when he got the wild card, we were all uh, elated and excited to have a fifth guy going. And I, I think last year there there was, uh, at the NCAAs, I mean, there wasn't much pressure on him. I think he was able to get there and just flow and wrestle. Even the match, uh, his last match that he lost, I mean, he wrestled well um, against uh, Lopez from Bucknell. It was a real close, tight match. Um, so I think he went in there with the sense of, you know, I'm here and I'm just going to let it let, let it fly, and I think that's what he's kind of thinking this year, um, just getting out there and building on success he had. There's definitely more confidence in him. Uh, Coach Rivera's been, uh, been able to work on some technical things with him, and Coleman's starting to push himself um, to a greater level. and We're really excited to uh, see how that translates now in the next few months.
3: And a guy I've been keeping an eye out for who may not be well-known just yet, is Lorenzo De La Riva. Uh, while red looks like he won three opens. Um, tell us a little bit about him and what we can expect from him this first season of officially competing. Yeah, Lorenzo
4: was a state runner-up. Um, he was our top recruit uh, two years ago. Um, you yeah, know, he is a competitor. Um, he likes to get out there, and he likes to compete. And he... Um, you know, he's 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 a little funky, but at the same time, he he just wrestles well in all areas. He's able to use that funk um, as an offense, you know, and he has a great offense as well. He's starting to develop his uh, leg attacks, and it's uh, you know it's shown in the practice room out different areas. He can just he can not only scramble out, but he can also um, he can score from any position. He can he's dangerous on top, dangerous dangerous in all three uh, facets of, of, of wrestling. He can um, put up big points quick.
3: Um, so you mentioned you've been around the team for a few years now. Do you have anyone that's been in the room that's been getting better that may not be known nationally yet that you feel is ready to have a breakout season this year? I think Matt
4: Williams at 197s. He's been um, one match away from qualifying for the NCAAs two years in uh, two years in a row. He lost in the in the finals his redshirt freshman year um the Cody Crawford of Oregon State, and then he, last year he lost for third and fourth at heavyweights. Um, Matt's made some tremendous gains in his offense. Um and I think he's gonna surprise some people during the season. Um, you know, his his offense has steadily improving. Um since so I've been here and our uh last year our one ninety seven pounder Ruben Franklin's now our director of ops and they've been working out, you know, three or four times a week, um, being able to, you know, learn from Ruben who was a an NCA qualifier last year and a top ten wrestler most of the year. He's those two have been um, just rubbing off on each other. Matt's offense and his bottom have uh, improved tremendously. I'm excited to see what how he fares during the season.
3: And talk about the schedule that's been put together. Tournament wise, you have the Cliff Keen, Reno, the Midlands. Those are all great tests. Then you have non conference duels hosting Rutgers and West Virginia then Coach Rivera's old team, North Dakota State, and your Pac-12 duels, you know, pretty solid all-around schedule. Yeah, we, we looked at, you know, with
4: the team we had coming back, we knew with probably five redshirt freshmen starting, they were going to need mat time. Um, they were just going to need, you know, they were going to have to get those matches in, get that experience. So with those three tournaments and December, you know, not, not all of them will be wrestling all three. Usually they wrestle two or three. But all three of those tournaments are going to be great tests to see where they're at. Um, you know, Reno has Penn State and Oklahoma State both coming, and that's going to be great. They have two of the top five teams in the country there. Um, Cliff Kings always tough, always has Ohio State, Cornell there. Um, Virginia Tech will be there as well. And, then, you know, Midland does Iowa and some other great schools there as well. So our, our freshmen um, are going to have a great test. They're going to know where, they're going to stay, where they stand at the end of the year. And with some of those dual meets, you know, Rutgers coming out this year is going to be great. They were, I think, 15th in the nation last year. Returning All-American, it's always great for us to, you know, battle those Big Ten teams. We enjoyed that immensely. We had Penn State out here last year, so getting those those tough Big Ten, Big Twelve schools like as a, like West Virginia, getting on the, getting them on the schedule is important to us, and it'll also be fun for uh for Coach Ferrer to wrestle North Dakota State that was actually planned before um he was hired so it's a strange coincidence but that will be a
3: that'll be a good tri-duel with uh, them and Cal Poly okay coach that's all I have for you is there anything else that you would like for people to know about wrestling at Cal State University Bakersfield in 2016-17 yeah we're going to be a young team um
4: but we're going to be growing and um you know, with, like I said, with possibly five red strip freshmen, we, we might be a little young, but this team has a lot of talent, and we're super excited to see how they develop the season, and we're just ready to get the season going and get out there.
3: Okay, a big thank you to Coach Jeff Silvera for joining us on the Sudden History Pac-12 Preview Podcast. Our next guest on the Sudden History Pac-12 Preview Podcast is the Associate Head Coach for Oregon State. Let's welcome Kevin Roberts.
0: Yeah, how you doing, Earl?
3: Good, good, coach. If you could start with a weight by weight breakdown of who could be competing for spots in the Beaver lineup for two thousand sixteen seventeen, you don't need to get into specifics of who's beating who if you don't want, but just a general yeah. idea of who's going to be competing.
0: Yeah, sure. So you know, right now we have some, uh, we have some uncertainty, probably like compared to a year ago. Uh, right now, you know, we're we're just into official practices and and whatnot, so. Um, we've got some options at some weights. I don't know what's gonna shake out yet, um, you know, red shirt decisions, stuff like that. But uh at one twenty five we have uh, Ronnie Barrester who's been in there the last couple of years uh for us. He was around a twelve last year. And then we have uh Kegan Calkins, a kid out of uh out of Illinois that is a pretty good wrestler too. He um he had some good wins last year and Placed in the Midlands and, and did some good things. So we have those two guys at 125. At uh, 133, um, I'm not sure what we're going to do. We have we have the possibility of wrestling a true freshman, uh, Devin Turner, out of California at that weight, or possibly Kagan Culkins uh, could be in there as well, or or we could have uh, Joey Palmer, one of our uh, Few seniors on the team. Um, him and Jack Hathaway both certified at 133, but both could be at 133 or 141. Not sure what we're going to do right there uh, right now. So that kind of takes care of 33 and 41. Uh, 49, we'll have uh, Joey Delgado, um, he's a senior. He's a, a past conference champion. He's been to the NCA tournament a couple of times. Um, Abraham Rodriguez at 157 is, is probably looking like the guy right now. Um, 65 and 74 is where we don't have a lot of experience. We have a lot of youth there and I'm um, being uh, completely honest. I'm not sure what we're going to do there right now. We're going to kind of see how these guys do over the next month and and maybe into the first open tournament. Um, could be Weston Dobler, a kid out of Fargo, North Dakota. It could be Riley Jarmillo, um, here from, uh, Eugene, Oregon, just down the road. Uh, we got a kid named Bob Coleman there out of Hermiston, Oregon. He's a very hardworking kid. Uh, and then we got a few uh, other guys that have had kind of some spot duty in the, in the past, but we're just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. Um, eighty four we got Corey Griego that was uh two and two with the NCAs um as a freshman, wrestled uh wrestled three or four seated guys, I believe. Um uh Cody Crawford uh, pa- uh past uh conference champion and uh N C A qualifier will be at ninety seven. He's a junior and then uh, we have Amar Desi at heavyweight. That was fifth in last year's NCA tournament, and uh, you know, looking to kind of improve on that.
3: And so the lineup you went through, I believe it includes seven wrestlers with NCA experience, and overall, a pretty veteran group. You know, what are your ex- expectations for this coming season?
0: Well, you know, I'm thinking uh, you're you're correct. There's seven guys that have wrestled in the tournament at least at least once um everybody that is back from last year uh won matches at the ncaa tournament Uh, we graduated one or two of those guys um but yeah i'm just looking forward to like getting better every time we step out i think when when you got uh some young guys you know the possibility of wrestling two or three freshmen um you know, we're going to look to get better um, at, at those weights every time out. And then, you know, with the older guys, we're just looking for consistency. I mean, I think we've got some guys that are very capable of uh, of wrestling deep into the NCAA tournament. We just need consistency, you know. And so um, the biggest thing is getting better and being ready to, uh, you know, be obviously peak and wrestle our best in March.
3: And so so you mentioned you're returning All American at two eighty five and Amar Desi finished fifth at national last year, the runner up at the Canadian Olympic Trials. You know, what can you tell us about Amar personally as a competitor and just having him in the room? He's um
0: he's he's a leader. He's uh he he's a leader in the room. Um, I know you don't see that probably in in, in my experience as as your heavyweight uh, being the hardest worker or or certainly one of the hardest workers in the room. Uh, He loves wrestling. He loves to compete. He has high goals and uh, you know, I think he's made a jump from last year. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this year. I think he can be, you know, right in the hunt to, to wrestle on Saturday night um, on the, on the raised mat.
3: At hundred and twenty five pounds you have Ronnie Bresser, you mentioned finished in the round of twelve last season, was seated eleventh and tenth the prior season. What does he need to do to get himself onto the podium in March in uh St. Louis?
0: Really just wrestle as he's capable of. You know, um last year at the at the NCAs, even though he was round of twelve. Uh, he didn't feel like he he had a good performance, and you know I, I would echo that that he didn't wrestle like he's capable of. When he's really firing and, and opening up, he can score a lot of points. Um, you know when he's when he's standing around and, and wrestling guys and, and trying to win a three to two match, he can win some of those. But you know you can also get beat, and which was the case. Uh, we've talked about that. He's very capable of putting up points against pretty much anybody there is, and he just has to wrestle. He, he has to, you know, not worry about what's going on um, outside of his match. Just keep it within the circle and, and wrestle for seven minutes, and you know, hit 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 as many holds as he can. And you know, he's capable of uh, beating a lot of guys.
3: Someone I'm interested in is 197-pounder Cody Crawford. Two seasons ago as a freshman, he had a very good season, won the Pac-12 and won matches at Nationals. Um, that led to a high ranking to begin last year, and he did not have the same type of season. You know, Which version of him do you believe we'll see in 2016-17?
0: Well, I'm certainly hoping the, the, the freshman year, uh, Cody Crawford, he uh, did have... Um, he had a little bit in inconsistency last year, uh but the main thing I think was his his uh holding back from attacking he had his uh he had his shoulder operated on after his freshman year, and so he was out for quite a long time and uh, I don't think he had the confidence uh last year in in attacking and uh, you know, with just not not believing a hundred pe- percent that his shoulder was better, and didn't want to get underneath people and and get stretched out and put it in a comp- compromising position. Um, right now, he's taking more leg attacks than this time last year, and uh, you know he's a great wrestler from the top position. Um, he just needs to get to get to the legs more, and uh, I think he could I think he could come back and 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 do a really good job for us. Um, he, his belief system right now, I think is, is higher than it was and his, his weights uh, where it needs to be. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm hopeful that we can see
3: more like the,
0: the guy two years ago.
3: Over the past five years, the team has won the PAC 12 conference tournament in each season. At the beginning of that run, um, the team finished in, eighth and 10th place at the NCA tournament, what does this year's group need to do to get back towards that top 10 range?
0: I mean, obviously just put guys on the podium, you know, we, we had a pretty, we had a, uh, a, a run there where we were going in the right direction. And, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're looking and, you know, obviously our plan was to be a perennial team, you know, up there in the upper echelon and, uh, you know we just went kind of in the wrong direction for a variety of reasons uh, you know some guys uh, you know we didn't we didn't put enough guys on the podium uh, the last couple of years um, and that's what we need to do you know I mean you could have a you could have an undefeated dual season and then you know put put ten guys in the quarterfinals and if they drop two matches, you're not gonna score a lot of team points or you could have you know three or four guys wrestle on Saturday, and obviously you're gonna be you know, a lot higher in the team standings. Um, We just need to get guys to to wrestle on Saturday and really wrestle to their ability. And that's something within our reach.
3: If you could talk about the changing landscape for the PAC 12 conference for wrestling this summer, we saw three of the six programs hire new head coaches. Um, To me, they all seem to be positive changes. And now you have coach Zaleski is the longest tenured head coach in the conference.
0: Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Um but yeah, we've got uh, you know, Zeke and his I think going into his third year down at ASU, obviously, you know, they're doing some good things. They wanna be a, a big time player, um, which is which is great for us out here. We need it we need as much competition as we can get. Uh Coach Mendoza, you know, went over to Boise from Bakersfield where he's done a great job. Um I, I really like him and, and I think he's gonna do a good job over there at Boise. Um and then you know john cers coming from um Grand canyon up to Pauly. um i look for i look for uh them to 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 get better and to have some stability and in, in their lineup I think john and his staff are are, are good coaches um and then manny Rivera you know when of <laughs> it's kind of funny when uh the guys that you coached back in the day are becoming head coaches at the division one level. I guess mm-hmm. it means you've been doing this for a while. And I think he's going to, you know, he came over from, from Fargo, from NDSU, where he was an assistant for, you know, the last several years with uh, Roger Kish out there. I think he'll do a great job down at Bakersfield. It gives him a chance to kind of be closer to back home. And, you know, he's, he, he's a, he's a great guy. I think the people in California will really uh, get to know him. And I think he'll be able to do a strong job down there for him.
3: This season there's two new additions to the OSU coaching staff. You have alum Taylor Meek's back and then three-time All-American Ian Miller is now on staff. Talk about what these two have brought into the room.
0: Uh well, it's it's good, you know. I mean, obviously losing coach Steiner, he was he was here for, you know, 10 years. He's he's a hard guy to replace. Um just from a coaching standpoint, experience and and the kind of person he is. But this has allowed us to you know go and get Taylor that wrestled uh here and is a younger guy he's definitely already shown uh he can he can do great things with getting in there and mixing it up with the the bigger guys in the room every day um he brings he brings a spark in he's he's fired up about you know coaching at this level and being back at Corvallis. And then, you know, Ian, um, you know, brings a little bit different perspective. Uh, obviously, you know, he's everybody that's seen him wrestle knows what he's capable of and hitting a a lot of different holds and, you know, some big moves. And it's just, you know, he's a, he's a fresh set of eyes in there and a a great workout partner, obviously for the the guys anywhere in the middleweights. So, you know, it's good. It's, um, everybody's on the same page and working hard and, you know, we're, we're really fortunate to have them and excited about it.
3: Okay, coach, that's all I have for you. Is there anything else that you would like for people to know about wrestling at Oregon state in 2016, 17?
0: Just say, hey, um, uh, you know, I think we're on TV a couple times, uh, four times or something like that. Uh, you can check it out on the pac 12 network and then, um, you know, just excited about the young crew we have and, and look forward to getting out there in, in about a month from now and getting going.
3: All right, a big thank you to you, Kevin Roberts for joining us on the Sudden History Pac-12 Preview Podcast.
0: Hey, thank you, Earl.
3: Our next guest on the Sudden History Pac-12 Preview Podcast is the first-year head coach for the Boise State Broncos. Let's welcome Mike Mendoza.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
3: Sure, Coach. If you could start off with a weight-by-weight breakdown of who could be competing for spots in the Bronco lineup for 2016-17. You don't need to get into specifics of who's beating who if you don't want, but just a general idea of who will be competing for each weight.
1: Okay, yeah. You know, well, uh, that's uh, up in the air a little bit at a few weight classes because guys are jockeying around to kind of figure out where they're going to be in the lineup. But at 125 pounds... um, Will Bartisbane, new guy to the program, uh, transferred in, community college guy, um, and a true freshman, Chase Wickman, and Carson Kuhn, who is in between either 25s and 33s. Um, but uh, Carson Kuhn, obviously the veteran of the program and an accomplished wrestler, is going to be um, you know, either looking at 25s or 33s, and if he goes 25s, that'll... Um, you know he's he's pretty solid for that spot in 133s. He'll be battling Michael Cook, who's from Kuhn, and he's a great wrestler coming back off of uh, an injury from last year, though. So he's not fully released yet, but he's he's right there. He looks great. And um, uh, Josh Newberg, who's there at 33s, also, but could be going 41. So you know uh, it's tough to tell where a guy's going to be uh, right now, because you know as they wrestle off. Uh, a week from this Saturday is kinda of, kinda of dictate what they're gonna maybe wanna do. Obviously um jock in for again for weight classes like I said and, and then Rami uh Haddadin is gonna be one forty one but he's also, you know, talked about going thirty threes but now looks like he's leaning at uh going up a weight class. So kinda of helps us round it out there and uh forty nines, Jake Villardi and Dakota Wall battle it out. Uh, 57s. Um, there's quite a few guys there. Um, Taylor Owen is 57 slash 65. It's kind of hard to tell You know, if he's going to be uh, dropping down to 57s or, or deciding to go up to 65s, but he's going to start off the year at 65, so that clears the way of 57s for Fred Green. He redshirted last year, had a great season uh, for, for the guys looking at just his record in the in the stats from last year and then AJ a guy that was at Bakersfield uh with me and then came up here to Boise. Uh so those two guys will look to battle it out at, at fifty sevens and and then as I mentioned Taylor Owens going up a weight class. Um at least for now, we'll battle it out with Demetrius Romero or Billy Bigelow who transferred in. Um but Demetrius Romero had a great season last year as a redshirt. same thing as Fred Green got a lot of matches in and, and um and now is gonna have his uh his his chance to start wrestling and, and Billy Bigelow transferred in uh, from Cal Baptist, he's actually from, from Nevada, but great wrestler and, and those three guys, you know, they go they, they go round and round, so that's gonna be a tough one. I think that would be a weight class at, um Battles it out for probably, you know, for a good part of the season or not the entire season. 174s is Austin Dewey returning as a senior. Uh, Josh Anderson transferring in um, from the Naval Prep Academy. And, um, you know, he's a freshman but um, looks great. And and so I know he's going to push Dewey, but Dewey's kind of guy that's been in that spot for the past few years and is is probably looking to keep it. 184s, uh, Zach Kaufman and, uh, freshman, uh, Will Tyndall Um, Kaufman was there last year and so same thing there. You got a freshman who's probably going to look to try and jump in there, but Zach Kaufman, will, um, seems like he's the guy there. And you also have a guy named Caden Del Toro who actually, um, came back last year, mid year from, uh, from a mission. And, um, you know, when you go on a mission it kinda of takes you out of the, the uh the you know, the, the wrestling uh feel for a while. You know, you're not allowed to train like uh like you would. So when you go on a mission it kinda of sets you back a little bit. It takes you a while to get your bearings and you can tell he's made some big jumps, um just week in and week out since so I've been here and, and since he started back up at uh mid season last year or so. He's at one eighty four but also looking one ninety sevens. Um so that's a guy that could be looking to to uh battle it out with Zach Kaufman and then at one ninety sevens again, like I said, it could be Del Toro, but you have Harley DeLulo there and um we have a, a freshman, Trevor Iker, um, from Deer Park, uh out in Washington and, and um so that weight class is up in the air and then at heavyweight, Gabe Gonzalez, um returns from last year and and a, and a freshman tj hall uh seems like those two guys will be the guys that'll battle it out for for heavyweight and uh yeah interesting to see what's going to happen i know guys are going to be looking to to um have wrestle offs or compete against each other uh all season long so it's kind of a unpredictable lineup at this point and me being here just a few months uh i'm getting to know the guys and and uh i'm looking forward to competing here and Um, just a few weeks and really get to see how they are and actually competition outside of uh, the wrestling room.
3: Uh, um, As I mentioned in this intro and you just alluded to, this is going to be your first season in Boise. When you saw this position was open, what made you feel like Boise state was the job for you?
1: Yeah, you know, I tell you, I've been here uh, just to compete. And um, obviously competed against this program for, a few years and a lot of respect for the program and what it's accomplished. And every time coming into, into Boise, you get that sense that this is a wrestling community and, and this community supports Boise state. And definitely when I got there and got here, you know, um, felt it even more. So yeah, it was, you know, a position that appealed to me right away and, and, um, yeah, just along the process, um, happy to be here it's a great place great wrestling town and a lot of support for boise state and boise state wrestling so um couldn't be happier
3: and so upon taking over as head coach did you have an area or point that you felt like you need needed to be changed improved addressed or implemented in order for you to have a successful run here at boise state
1: i think no matter where where you go i think coming in and just establishing uh, a good culture, guys that are willing to, you know, work hard. And, and so just coming in, is just, you know, bringing my philosophy to, to, to the program, which is, you know, we're going to work hard. Um, we're going to take care of business and keep our priorities in line and, uh, run a clean program with uh, high character guys that, um, that also have same goals that, that that uh that we have which is ultimately for them to to reach their highest level academically and athletically and so coming into the program you know just looking to establish a great culture of it you know what was here before doesn't doesn't uh matter too much it's just coming in and and uh getting this program to to a level that um you know it's been at in the past and was at pretty consistently so um That was what I came in thinking.
3: uh, One wrestler you're probably most familiar with is A.J. Fierro, who transferred from Bakersfield, and you said he looks to be in the mix at 157. What can you tell us about A.J., and what is he going to bring to Boise State?
1: You know, well, he's obviously wrestled for me for three years, so coming in, he kind of knows what to expect with me and and our coaching staff, and um, so he brings – Um, you know, some consistency from that standpoint, because he he knows and he can help, uh, you know, help with the culture. Obviously, you know, coaches, you know, starts with the coaches, but what really helps to carry it through is the guys on the team and having leaders in the room. And he's one of those guys that's going to help us do that. Um, You know, he's great work ethic um, and kind of knows our expectations and is going to help Push this team and his teammates to uh help us accomplish what we're what we're training for,
3: and so this current roster does not include any prior n c a qualifiers. who have you seen thus far that is capable of breaking out and surprising people on the national scene?
1: yeah, you know, I think you know immediately Carson Kuhn is a guy that has really been um you know under the radar because he's just one of those guys that um it, it uh was injured last year was out just unfortunate things kept him out and and uh but he's looking great and i mean he's accomplished wrestler did did extremely well in high school and you know was on the junior world team and you know just one of those guys that has accomplished a lot in his high school career and, and um, uh, you know you see it when he's Competing in the room right now, that he's got the skills and ability to to be at the NCAAs and even to get on that podium um, just this next year. Um, Austin Dewey, obviously, he was right there, Pac-12 runner-up. He's a guy that is right there on the cusp of um, doing great things, and and um, you know expect good season from him. Zach Kaufman's another one of those guys where I feel like he's going to have a huge upswing this year. He's just one of those guys that maybe hasn't quite hit his stride yet, but um, his work ethic is great. Uh, his focus is great. His commitment is there. And 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 typically, when you have guys like that, they're gonna you're, you're gonna see some some results. And that's a guy that we expect to see make some big jumps this year. And then, as I mentioned, just to, some of the guys that redshirted last year, Fred Green and Taylor Owens, Demetrius Romero. Those guys are, are are some guys that are gonna jump on the scene this year. as They're looking to put on the singlet and and um, they've got some talent and skills and and uh, so I look forward to some good things from them, and 49's Jake Velarde, he's um, one of those guys also that I think has a huge, huge uh, potential, um, his commitment, work ethic is there as well, and I don't know, I feel like, you know, as, as you ask me that, I'm going through the lineup, and I'm just seeing a bunch of committed guys, and, and so I'm expecting some special things to this team, obviously it's going to take you know us uh is going to be building off each other and 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 uh building the individuals and you know it's a, it, even though it's an individual sport it's a, it, you know there's a team aspect to it and this team's on 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 board with what's going on and and so yeah those are some of the guys that stick out um to highlight and you know um I guess hopefully uh you know as, as we uh, progress through the season they're going to hit hit the, uh, their potential sooner rather than later, cause I think that's important. You know, these guys, you know, coming into the season, you want to see them, you know, have the, um, I guess, the performances, you know, early out of the gate rather than, than later. Uh, but uh, those guys are committed, and, and the whole team is as well, but those are some of the guys that stick out for me.
3: All right. And uh, so Boise State's not too far removed from the 2010-11 season of having a top 10 finish. Um they started that year ranked number 2 in the nation with three top-ranked individuals. Um you know granted that was a special group, but uh, what's going to have yeah. to happen from a coaching standpoint and a wrestler standpoint for you guys to approach that level again?
1: I think it's just it's just focus and commitment. You know, I'm obviously, we've got to um, have those aspirations, which we do. Uh, We talk about it and communicate it with the guys. Um, We know that uh, there's no shortcuts to reaching those type of uh, levels and accomplishments. And and so we've got to set some goals and we've got to have an action plan behind it. And we've got to have guys committed to it. and, And we do. And that's, that's the great thing is we've got a, a committed group here and, and uh, the culture is good. And obviously we've got to, you know, right now continue to recruit the best kids in the country and get them here and have them be a part of this and help build it and get, get behind, you know, recruiting classes behind us that are pushing us up and uh and we'll get there. And it's a process and, and these guys know it's a process and, and um yeah, so it's, really no shortcuts to it. You just work hard and, and uh, you know, work efficiently and work smart and um, and just continue to recruit um, kids that want to come in that have high character and, and high work ethic.
3: So looking at your coaching staff, you brought Riley Orozco from Bakersfield and then brought back two Bronco alums, Levi Jones and Andrew Hochstrasser as the volunteer assistant. Uh, tell us about this group you've assembled.
1: They're great, man. i tell you, I'm, I'm so, I, it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, obviously I brought a with me I, you know, I coached with him for the last five years and then recruited him and he wrestled for me five years before that. And, um, you know, his abilities as a coach or, or, um, uh, you know, are great. He's gotten better as a coach, you, you know, every year he works hard at it. He's, he's committed to, uh, being the best coach and focusing on the guys. And, you know, he, he, uh, he proved that, uh, for me at Bakersfield and helping to elevate that team. And, um, when I brought on, uh, Levi Jones, um, you know, I just, it was a really easy, easy hire. You know, that guy is full of passion and especially for his alma mater. And he's a great coach, um, great motivator. And, um, you know, he's 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 looking for this program to to get to the you know, where it was when he was here. I mean, I think that's one big thing, you know, obviously when you when you bring on guys that wrestled here, you know, the and, and when they were a part of this program it was top in the country, they uh they have they're driven to get it there again. And so you know, him and Hawkstrass are obviously Hawkstrass is a volunteer coach. He's still he's still training. He's uh, looking to compete at the world team trials uh, in just a a few weeks out in New York, um, competing at 60 kilograms. And, you know, he's um, obviously focusing on on himself and helping uh, the guys, the lighter weight guys in here right now. But, um, you know, he he falls in that same same boat as Coach Jones. These guys wrestled here. These guys were part of this program when it was at its height and uh you know they're driven to get it back there again and so it couldn't be happier to have you know a couple broncos on staff
3: okay coach that's all i have for you is there anything else that you'd like for people to know about wrestling at boise state in
1: 2016-17 no just uh you know we're looking to build something great here and and continue the, the tradition of uh strong wrestling and um that's all i got looking forward to a great season
3: All right, a big thank you to Coach Mike Mendoza for joining us on the Sudden History Pac-12 Preview Podcast. Our next guest on the Sudden History Pac-12 Preview Podcast is the head coach for Stanford. Let's welcome Jason Borelli. Hi, Earl. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Coach, if you could start off with a weight-by-weight breakdown of who could be competing for spots in the Cardinal lineup for 2016-17. As always, you don't need to get into specifics of who's beating who if you don't want to but just a general idea of who will be competing for each weight.
5: Sure. Happy to do that. Um, well, we have 30 guys on our roster, so I'm um, not sure where that stacks up across the country, but 30 guys that will be competing for, you know, our spots at 10 weight classes. Um, we kind of always go with the theme of, uh, you know, all hands on deck. We tell even our young guys to be ready. Um, obviously we want to put together the best lineup we can every year. So, you know, right now, everyone's chomping at the bid, and, and we haven't talked redshirting with anyone specifically, really. Um, so, you know, kind of running down weight by weight at 125 pounds, we have a returning All-American there, Connor Schramm, who's obviously proven himself, and we expect him to, um, you know, to be our guy there at that weight class. But we have a handful of other guys um, that are battling him every day, um, you know, some freshmen with some veterans as well, guys like... Brian Rossi, Eric Kramer, um, freshman Gabe Townswell, those guys will be in the mix and uh, might see some action, but uh, Connor Schram definitely has the nod as of right now coming off of last year's All-American finish. Um, at 133 pounds, um, our starter from last season, Mason Pengelly, um, will be in the mix and, and certainly um, was having a good year last year until he got a little sidelined with an injury uh, mid-season. But then uh, a senior, fifth-year senior, Peter Russo from Oregon, um, He's going to come down that, uh, for his senior year at 133, so we expect um, Peter and Mason to battle it out and, and one of those guys to separate themselves eventually. And then another freshman, Brandon Keer, uh, will be obviously pushing them as well. Uh, he's, a, he's a Poway kid, California, so a freshman in our lineup. Uh, at 141, that's probably the one weight that's really obviously um, solidified. Um, you know, Anytime you have All-Americans at weight classes, um, you know Joey McKenna, returning All-American, took third in the country. Three losses last year. Um, you know he lost uh, two of his three losses were to Dean Heil the eventual NCAA champion and then he lost in the semifinals to uh, Meredith from uh, Wyoming so Joey we obviously have high expectations for him and he's he's the guy at 141 pounds we do have some other guys we have a freshman Requeer Vandermeer Blair Academy kid um, who you know will be in the mix but you know with a guy like Joey you can probably rest assured that Barring injury, um, you know, a guy like Requeer Vandermeer will be able to redshirt. So that's 141. At 149 pounds, um, really looking at a couple uh, veteran returners, we have a kid, Tommy Pawelski, who's wrestled for us uh, numerous times. He's he's fourth year in our program, so he's been in our lineup. And then Walker Dempsey, uh, Blair Academy. Um kid. he's a third year in our program. So Walker and um, Tommy Pawelski, those guys will battle it out at 149. We have a couple other true freshmen that, that might uh, be in the mix, guys like Jared Hill from Clovis uh, Clovis High School down in the Central Valley, um, California State Placer. So, you know, we have some guys there at 157. Real excited about this. We have um, Paul Fox. He's a Gilroy, California wrestler, state champion in California. Um, was having a heck of a year for us at 149. Um, late in the year, suffered a knee injury, and, and wasn't able to finish out the year. He's moved up to healthier weight at 157, you know, just uh, having a great, great uh, off-season, uh, recovered from his uh, injury nicely, and, and we're expecting big things there. We do have some other guys. Um, we have a, a, a sophomore, and I know a Calvo, who will be in, in the mix there and, and see some action. We have some freshmen, guys like Jake Barry from uh, Poly Prep out in New York, and uh, Justin Muchnick, a freshman from California. We have some guys that that uh, might see some action there as well, but excited about Paul Fox at that weight. Um, at 165, um, this is a, a great weight for us. Um, you know, we have uh, Peter galli he's a fifth-year senior out of uh, St. Paul's, Maryland, Baltimore area. has been great for us, been a, been a uh, big part of our program over the last five years. We think Peter can have a phenomenal year, um, but just so happens that Keaton Subject, our returning starter last year at 174, is dropping down to that weight. So we feel very strong and healthy there, Um, so Peter Gala and Keaton Subject will wrestle there. Um, And then we have a handful of freshmen, Matt Mills, a Michigan kid who's a freshman on our team, and then Brandon DeLavia, another Blair Academy uh, freshman. Those guys probably have a good chance to redshirt because we have so much quality upperclassman depth at that weight. So I would say between Peter Galli and Keaton Subject, that's one of our uh, our better weights, and real excited to see, you know, who comes out of that because obviously we know they'll be ready to be in the hunt to be, you know, competing for the very top of the podium come March. Um, at 174 pounds, Jim Wilson, our, um, our captain, our All-American, our three-time conference champion, is moving up to 174 for his senior year. Um, much healthier weight for him. Uh, His wrestling style suits that weight a little bit better and uh, excited about his year, and so uh, he'll be the guy there. At 184 pounds, another deep weight for us. Um, We have uh, Zach Neville, a senior out of Clovis, who's been in and out of our lineup all the last three years. Uh, He'll be wrestling there, plus a a redshirt freshman, uh, Austin Flores, who's a California state champion from Clovis North. So interestingly there, we got a Clovis high and a Clovis North guy battling off for the spot. Um, nice we also have um, cole de pasquale from um, the east coast robinson uh, high school out in virginia he'll be in the mix there as well um, at 197 pounds uh, we have a uh, pretty interesting situation there um, josh marchock one of our senior captains he's a fifth year you know, he's wrestled the last three years at heavyweight um, him and nathan butler but josh is going to drop down to 197 for his senior year and Super excited to see how he handles that weight and how he does. Uh, he'll be pushed by guys like David Shwunmi, um and Cody Malley, some other guys on our roster. Um, we also have a kind of a, a incoming freshman that we're excited about, Nathan Traxler, uh, who you know likely well. He will redshirt. He's he's actually coming off a, a summer uh, summer uh, surgery, so we're going to give him time. We have plenty of depth there, and, and we'll make sure he returns healthy for his freshman year next year. Um, so Josh Marchak, David Schwumme, um those guys will probably battle it out. And then up at heavyweight 285, we have uh, returning NCAA qualifier Nathan Butler. Um, you know Nathan, we we're expecting a big junior year for him. He's done well the last two years, but really expecting him to turn the corner and have a great year. And he'll be pushed a little bit by uh, Trevor Rasmussen, a a redshirt freshman from Oregon. So I know there's a lot of guys that was very long-winded. But, um, you know, our thing is it's very early in the season. We don't like guys to pigeonhole themselves into redshirting and, and, you know, this and that. So it's more of all all hands on deck and really trying to get everybody ready. Um, But, um, you know, uh, we do have some guys that have kind of solidified themselves at certain weights. So hopefully that helps a little bit.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So listen to you talk about the Stanford lineup. What sticks out to me is going back to some of your early teams. You always had talented individuals, but maybe there was a hole or two in the lineup. Now you and the rest of the Cardinal staff have been able to assemble a team with depth. And by depth, I mean multiple capable starters at almost every weight. You know, talk about that process of assembling this depth that you now have
5: sure yeah i think that's a big part of it you know when you're coaching at a school where you know number 1 we're, we're on the west coast so some of the midwest east coast people aren't as familiar and then you're dealing with the you know the admissions uh, hurdles that we're dealing with um roster depth can be can be a challenge um i think we've done a, a fantastic job our staff of um you know getting creative and and figuring out uh you know kind of the admissions process but also just Better identifying kids early so that we can get on them and then and build the relationships we need with the, the right kids across the country, so we can bring in bigger classes uh, each year, but also uh, quality uh, classes as well. So you know that that's been a big a big focus of ours. Um, we've we've certainly tried to hammer down the recruiting portion over the last eight years and and figure out how to to add the quality uh, and the quantity each year uh, to our roster. And so real happy with that. I think yeah we we. You know, in the past, maybe you had one or two, you know, guys that kind of stole the show. But you know, we're trying to be a lot more balanced, but still having you know the heavy hitters as well. And uh, certainly feel like we've we've done that. And excited about the future um, for sure. But we're also excited about this season. So.
3: And yeah, building
5: off of that, this Stanford Cardinal team will return three
3: All-Americans, two other NCAA qualifiers. I've seen two team rankings so far with you guys in the top twelve of both. I assume you have to be very excited about the prospects for the team this season.
5: Yeah, we are, you know, and, and the the exciting thing for us is that uh, it's not just coming from the coaching staff anymore. You know, the guys are talking about it. Um, you know, the athletes on the team who are who are the ones who really are going to be doing everything um, have bought in and, and really believe in what we're what we're capable of doing. Um, so that's exciting for us. You know, it seems like in the early days, you know, the the message can be driven a lot by the coaches, but um, we're at a point now where We've got guys that have very lofty goals for themselves, um, and it's not just one guy. You know, it's, it's multiple guys, and we have a lot of guys who think um, we can do something special this season uh, as a team. And, and obviously, because of that, uh, our goals, our, our team goals for the for the team are are pretty high. So, uh, really excited. You know, it's nice to see the energy level high, but it also we recognize it's very early, right? We've got to we've got to remain true to the process, and we've got to. Um, come to work every day and we've got to uh, be hyper-focused and we've got to have the, the passion, the enthusiasm, the energy, um, you know, to get something out of, of every day. And, and then if we do that and we focus on the process, come March, we'll be in a good, a great place. And so we're excited.
3: You and your staff continue to bring in talented recruiting classes. My D1CW site had your 2016 class in the top 15 again. Uh, talk about this group of incoming freshmen and what they bring to the program.
5: Sure. Well, we are excited about them. Um, you know, there's nine of them. There's actually, there was a, a kid that has uh, walked onto our team, so we add him to the mix. We had eight original signees and then uh, added a walk-on. So we have nine freshmen, nine true freshmen in our program, um, and, and a lot of talent, you know, and a lot of depth, too. You know, we covered a lot of weight classes with uh, with those guys. Um, they're they're pretty pretty well spread out, so we covered, I think, maybe eight of the ten weight classes with those nine guys, which is always great, um, and, and a lot of accolades. You know, we have a lot of state championships, a lot of uh, prep uh, prep accolades, and then also a lot of uh, freestyle and Greco-Roman uh, accolades. You know, you look at a guy like Gabe Townsall, um the guy, you know, was always... Doing really well in Fargo, whether it was Freestyle or Greco, um, he's a you know from OPRF Oak Park River Forest out in Illinois and had a successful career there. And really excited about his upside down the road. And then guys like Requeer Vandemir, maybe a little bit of a sleeper in the class, um, Blair Academy kid who who had a great career, but you know I just think he kind of gets lost in the in the in the you know when you're at Blair, there's some guys with some unbelievable accolades, so you can kind of float under the radar. But we're really excited about his future. Um, you know guys like Jake Barry. Um, from Poly Prep, another guy that I think his upside is really, really high. Um, you know, a lot of people definitely probably know of him, but just I think his, his upside is really high. He's still growing. He's got a good frame for the uh, for the midweights, and he's going to be just a scrappy guy for us in the future. you got Brandon DeLavia, uh, Matt Mills from um, uh, Forest Hill Central out in Michigan, um, you know, a couple-time Michigan State placer, but is, is just a workhorse in our program. So um, Nathan Traxler, uh, of course, most people are familiar with him. He he was more the maybe the staple of the class in terms of um, just ranking-wise coming out. Um, big guy is probably going to be 197. So, you know, just a lot of depth, real excited about the class, and, and their attitudes are, are really, really, really good. You know, we, we push that a lot um, when we're recruiting, looking for people that have a positive attitude and that have passion, right, that, for the sport. And uh, we really feel like we got that with this group of guys. So super excited for uh, for the future.
3: Your hundred and twenty five pounder connor schramm was an all american for the first time finishing eighth n c a championships uh maybe it's a west coast thing, I don't know, but I feel like he slips under the radar when people are mentioning the contenders at twenty five uh what can you tell us about him
5: well, you know i think I think you're right and and maybe in some ways we kind of like that you know float under the radar and and uh, all of a sudden boom, you come in and you shock a lot of people but connor connor's just he's a very consistent uh um you know guy he Loved to wrestle. Uh, he's the guy who will come in the room a lot. Him and Joey McKenna. You know, you can see those guys putting in extra workouts on the mat often. Um, he made a big commitment after his freshman year. You know, he wrestled 133 pounds as a redshirt freshman, um, made the nationals, and just didn't have the year he was hoping for. Um, and and really decided, you know, to to make the sacrifice, to make the commitment to go down and see how he would do at 125. And he did a great job last year, and of course it paid off. Uh, with him being an all american uh Connor has the ability, no doubt to beat anyone in the country. Um, you know obviously he's already been an all American so his goals are beyond that. you know he's thinking about winning the national championship. Uh, I'm quite certain that in his mind um, you know he can do that, and I'm quite certain all of our coaches feel he can do that as well so the you know the really the sky's the limit he just he's got to keep working day to day, get a little bit better um he can wrestle with anybody. Um, And, you know, he's strong. He's explosive. He can score quick. um, You know, and he's also good on top, which people don't realize. Interestingly, uh, uh, Connor, um, last year to to be an All-American in that run at the Nationals, he actually had to ride and turn uh, a couple guys to win. Uh, and he was able to do that uh, both in his All-American Round of 12 match, but also uh, prior to that when he wrestled um, uh, the Lehigh kid, um, Cruz, uh, he turned him, actually tilted him, and got a near fall, which was the difference in the match. So uh, good in all positions, and when you're good in all positions, when you're good top, bottom, and neutral, you're you're tough to beat. So we like Connor's chances.
3: And someone who was never really under the radar was Joey McKenna, He became the first freshman All-American in school history, finishing third at 141. He's going to enter this year as one of the NCAA title favorites. Um, In your opinion, what makes him such a special wrestler?
5: Well, you know, there's a lot of things people don't see behind the scenes, the the passion that Joey has for wrestling. Uh, Like I mentioned before, you can come into our wrestling room on any given, whether it's an off day or even on a day where we're going to go at you know, 3.45 in the afternoon, you walk in, it's 8 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock, whatever time of day, and you might see, you, you more than likely will see Joey in there. Joey, he's a mat rat, um, loves wrestling, tries to soak up as much as he can. Um, he's also, um, you know, he really, really still craves kind of the, the learning process, um, loves to, to wrestle around with some of our RTC guys, Um Uh, when he can, he's in there getting extra workouts in with guys like Boris Novotchkov who trains in our regional training center. So Joey's just really eager to wrestle a lot, and and obviously it pays off for him. His understanding and feel for the sport, his his wrestling IQ is very, very high. Um, He has some intangibles, um, some things he does um, that are hard to teach, but he does them very well, and those help him, um, you know, throughout the season. And uh, so, you know, Joey just – and he's a good kid. He's a really good kid. He's he's not a problem. He's not a guy that, um, you know, they're giving the coaching staff headaches ever, and he always listens whenever we advise advice for him or whenever we ask him to do things, he does it. So, um, you know, just, a, just an all-around great guy and uh, leader for us. And so, we're, we obviously, we're glad he's out here.
3: Now, at 174, you have Jim Wilson, All-American from two seasons ago. Um, late in the summer, there were rumblings he may even be up at 184. Um I guess he's been hitting the weights pretty hard, or was he making a significant cut in the previous seasons
5: uh, a little combination of both um you know Jim's wrestling style um anyone that's watched him, he's not the most flashy he's not um you know he's not gonna wow everyone over and over. he's the type of guy who he wears his opponents out he he utilizes strength a lot and and his conditioning, and he needs those things you know he needs to have he needs to be strong throughout a match, and he needs to have, uh, you know, energy and power, and um, and that kind of grit, and that's what's carried him over his career, and especially in big matches. And, um, you know, just it was it was a lot of a lot of work to get to 65, and he did it well, and he never complained. But, you know, watching him compete in dual meets and in matches was a lot different than what we saw in the wrestling room. So, you know, when you see a guy training at 180. And looks like a horse and then he gets down to 165 and he looks a little flat um, you start scratching your head you know so you want to see a guy at his best and and so had that discussion he felt it was best for him he feels like from an injury perspective he'll stay strong up at the weight and so uh, 174 is where where he's committed to going it's where we're committed to having him and uh, we're really excited about his uh, his potential this year I think it's a much healthier weight for him and uh, I think he's capable of beating anyone in the country there so we're excited about him
3: looking at your coaching staff, you added a young guy, Steven Rodriguez, is a volunteer assistant. He was an All-American last year at Illinois, and he's he's a hero of mine, because anyone who can jump up three weight classes in a year, an All-American, I got a lot of respect for. Um, what is it about him that made you want to add him to the staff?
5: Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought him up, and uh, obviously my entire coaching staff is great, and I want to give a, a, you know, kind of a a plug for those guys Ray Blake and Jamel Kelly have been phenomenal for this program and and uh excited about those guys but adding Steven Rodriguez was big for us. I think the big thing is you know he brings a little bit of that um uh, no nonsense, you know, work hard um you know just kind of the the overall um persona, the the image and the you know just the whole idea of what we want in our program a guy you know to your point he he was a 141 pounder he goes up three weights he's an all-American at 165 and you know you're not doing that without a lot of hard work a lot of sacrifice and a lot of you know laser focused commitment and you know that's what he represents he's a represents he's a guy who loves wrestling um he's got a great attitude he really does and you know, he's the type of guy who you know he just you ask him to do something, eager to do it, excited about it, um, doesn't complain about things, and you know that rubs off on the guys on our team, and, and we're always looking for that, and, and, you know, from our from our uh, from our coaches. And so he's been a, a fantastic addition. He's funny. He, he's very quiet, but when you get to know him and you talk to him, he's actually pretty darn funny and humorous, and um, you know makes us makes our staff laugh a lot, which is which is good, and uh, need that to kind of break up the the seriousness that we bring every day. So.
3: Okay, and let's talk about your 2016-17 schedule. You start off with a couple cool events outside at home versus Cal Poly. Then about a week later, you go across the country to take on the defending NCAA champions, Penn State. And then in tournament action, you've got Las Vegas, Reno, the scuffle. Go through the thoughts behind assembling this schedule.
5: Yeah, well, a couple things. Um, You know, absolutely want to make sure we're getting our guys exposed to the best wrestlers in the country, you know, being on the West Coast. We gotta make sure that uh we're going to the right places um but we also recognize too that uh we wanted to be a little bit maybe smarter about um just the the overall grind of our schedule uh, in the past we had had you know upwards of twenty or so dual meets on a year and and you know making weight and and wrestling that many times can can wear on certain guys and so we we really decreased the number of duels you know if you look through our duels, i think we have thirteen on the schedule this year, which is down from you know, years of the past uh, upwards is 20, 22 duels. I, I think one year, 2014, we were 17 and 5, so we wrestled 22 duels. Um, seemed, seems to be a lot and makes the season very long. So decreased the number of duels, uh, 13, and then kind of tried to beef up uh, kind of our tournament uh, situation. So um, added Cliff Keene, the Vegas tournament, and uh, we would continue to have the scuffle on there. So we'll have. Cliff Keene and the scuffle will be two, our two main focuses, and then obviously in the middle we have Reno. Uh, the thought there is that we wanted all three on our schedule. Um, some guys might have injuries or might not perform as well um, at one another, but we we don't envision all of our starters or or guys that we think are going to be our starters wrestling in all three. Probably two of the three, uh, figuring. They'll get two of those three, one of them they will be off, and, and we'll use the, the third in case we got to shuffle things around if guys didn't perform the way we wanted. So uh, that was the thought behind the tournaments. And, you know, we're always trying to do things creative with our duels, so ha- hosting our first dual meet outside against Cal Poly. Uh, you know, we, we had done that years ago. We wrestled at the Football Fan Fest against North Carolina in 2015, I believe. It was a really cool event. It was right before the football game. There was a lot of people. Um, we literally put the mat right inside the Fan Fest, and just had a great atmosphere. So we'll do that again uh, this year. We play Oregon State in football, and then there'll be a, a wrestling match between us and Cal Poly before that. So our fans are looking forward to that. The Penn State match, super excited to go east and, and kind of see where we are early. And then, you know, as you mentioned, uh, later in the year, uh, some more dual meets. Uh, excited. We'll go to New York uh, and wrestle at the NYAC, and we'll take on Princeton. Uh, that's going to be exciting for us. Uh, they obviously have been recruiting well as of late, and uh, they think highly of their team, so it's going to be a great dual meet. Um, we look forward to that. And then um, <clears throat> the very next day we wrestle Drexel and Penn uh, down in Philadelphia and, and really looking forward to that. Obviously Drexel is improving, but uh really excited about Penn because uh, um, my former colleague, uh you know, Alex Tirapelli is the head coach there, so it'll be neat to to be in his environment and get to coach, uh, you know, and, and see uh, everything he's doing there. So looking forward to that. And then we close out the year with some more duels. Of course, the Arizona State duel on January 22nd is something we're looking forward to. It's an in-conference, you know, a, a conference match, and they've got a lot of hype behind them. They had the number one recruiting class in the country a couple of years ago. They're looking to have a big year, and so we're excited about that. So uh, those are some of the highlights of the schedule and and some of the kind of thoughts behind it when we were making it
3: okay coach that's all I have for you is there anything else that you would like for people to know about wrestling at Stanford in 2016-17
5: uh no not really you know I I guess the only thing I would say is that we're really we're really looking forward to a great year um you know we obviously think there's a lot of great wrestling out west and and sometimes our conference the Pac-12 uh Some often, you know, maybe gets forgot about a little bit, but between the six schools in our conference, uh, we're really excited to showcase, um, you know, kind of how much better we're getting, where we are, and uh, obviously us here at Stanford feel like we're going to be a big part of that as well in the conference, so we're excited.
3: Okay, a big thank you to Jason Borelli for joining us on the Sudden History Pac-12 Preview Podcast. Thank you, Earl. There we go, that's a wrap on the Pac-12 preview podcast. Thanks again to our coaches, as always, for joining us. As I alluded to in the intro, we don't get enough publicity for our West Coast teams, and to a man, each and every one of these coaches was very thankful to get attention for their teams. Um, Again, I'm happy that they're happy. We're all one happy family, something. Um, A quick shout-out before we go. If you've listened to the show before, you know I usually don't do these, so you know it's for real. Shout out to the good people at Rudis. We're working together on getting some shirts done for the D1CW website. Tommy Rollins and Mark Neiman have been awesome. Judging by the stuff of theirs, I have already. I'm sure my shirts are going to turn out great. Maybe at some point I'm going to use a few of them for a giveaway on this show. If you haven't checked them out already, do so at therudis.com. Next week, it's the one I'm sure a lot of you have been waiting for, the Big Ten Preview. I've already started working on this thing. I'm sure it's going to be the biggest and let's hope the best. So, I'll see you then. How the hell do
2: I get off the stage?